This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 105, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, September 18th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, this is episode 105, I'm your host Adam Chapman, and this is our Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, September 18th episode. Um, this episode is going up very late, or probably early um, early morning on Wednesday the 25th, so it's actually exceedingly late. I usually like to get these episodes up on Sundays or Mondays, but unfortunately it got delayed this week. Um, also, for those who've listened to the show in recent, uh, recent episodes, uh, you might know that uh, I have recently welcomed my son into the world. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice, but um, my son, Zach... Zach Chapman was born about uh, four weeks ago, almost, um, on August 29th. Anyways, as a result, I have not had a chance to read as many comics in recent days. Uh, as you can imagine, having a newborn makes it kind of impossible to run the same kind of schedule, both for the podcast and just in reading in general, as I used to. Um, so I have had... Unfortunately, this episode is going up late and is also extremely short. As I've only really had a chance to read about, I think, five books from the past week. Um, the good thing about only reading five books is that they were, for the most part, the ones I was most excited about, and also the ones I was happiest with. Um, there was a lot of books I didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, in fact, usually the list of books I've talked to, I, I'm going to talk about is larger than the list I won't talk about. Uh, this time, obviously, that's not the case. So I'm going to quickly run through all the books I don't have a chance to talk about because I didn't get a chance to read most of them yet. And that includes the following... Uh, also in the background, you might hear my son starting to coo uh, or make some sounds as he's sleeping a little, but it's been a couple hours, so he's probably going to wake up any moment. So the books I didn't get a chance to to read and then uh, talk about include Action Comics 23.3, Lex Luthor, Arrow number 11, Batman 23.3, Penguin, Batman 66 number 3, Batman and Robin 23.3, Roswell Ghoul, Batman Beyond Universe number 2, Batman The Dark Knight 23.3 Clayface, Cable and X-Force number 14, Captain Marvel Knight uh, sorry, 16, Detective Comics 23.3 Scarecrow Fables 133, Flash 23.3 Rogues uh, Green Lantern 23.3 Black Hand Justice League 23.3 Dali, Justice League Dark 23.2 Eclipso Justice League of America 7.3 Shadow Thief Morbius the Living Vampire number 9 Powers Bureau number 7 Savage Wolverine number eight, Secret Avengers number nine, Superior Carnage number three, Superman twenty three point three Hell, Super Swamp Thing twenty three point one Arcane, Teen Titans twenty three point two Deathstroke, Thor God of Thunder thirteen, Thunderbolts fifteen, Ultimate Comics Ultimates thirty one, Venom forty one, that Wolverine Max eleven, Wonder Woman twenty three point one Cheetah, and X Men Legacy seventeen. Of all those books, the ones I was actually excited about reading were. Flash 23.3 Rogues, um, and Secret Avengers, and that's really it. I mean, there's a lot, a bunch of other those books I'd be interested in. Uh, Venom's winding up, so I'm not as interested in reading a lot of the issues. And a lot of these uh, villains issues, I don't know, I'm not that excited about most of them, but uh, it's a shame I didn't get a chance to read any of them. In fact, the books I did get a chance to read, there are five different Marvel books, so I apologize for uh, not having any DC content this time around. Uh, again, it just couldn't be helped. Um, so let's start alphabetically uh, at the stop, start of my list of stuff I have read. And that would start with Daredevil number 31. Um, Daredevil by Mark Wade continues to be a true revelation for a few different reasons. First of all, I'm, still, I'm impressed Mark Wade's still in the book. 
Uh, he's a fantastic writer. He's done an amazing job on this book, but he's also managed to keep it up. I mean, he's had 31 issues, and yet he keeps being amazing. He keeps being a ter terrific storyteller. Um, this issue has got more art by Chris Samney, who is such a great choice for this book. Um, obviously, er, er, the very early, like I think the first year, had artwork by Javier Rodriguez, uh, I believe it was him, and uh, although I might be wrong, as well as uh, Marcos Martin. Um, but then Chris Samney, at some point, I forget the exact issue, when he took over, he just revolutionized this book and made it even better. Um, this issue is fantastic and very makes me wonder the end of it I kind of wonder but you have uh, Kristen working at the law firm now you have the whole idea of you know something could happen to Foggy the end of the issue certainly looks like one thing and I'm hoping it doesn't isn't it's probably not what it looks like but it definitely is creepy um it's just really this is a really well written issue the jester is creepier than ever uh that being said it kind of makes me wonder because I wasn't the jester recently in Superior Spider-Man and didn't get his ass kicked there uh, maybe I'm wrong maybe it was someone else but um, the, this is just fantastic and the idea that it's rainy and what that does to Daredevil and I don't know and just this is a fantastically well done issue I gave it a 9 out of 10 it was immensely entertaining this is one of those books like every issue you pick it up it's just it somehow makes it, it the, the book gets better and I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, last issue somehow made the Silver Surfer and, and uh, Daredevil issue work. It made sense. It was awesome. Um, that is the type of writer Mark Wade is. He can make Silver Surfer and a Daredevil book make sense and actually work and be awesome. Um, anyways, I give that a 9 out of 10. Uh, next up is Infinity Number 3. I also gave this a 9 out of 10. That's going to be a repetitive theme because it was just such a well-done book. Um, Infinity continues to be one hell of an event. It's a fascinating event because it's 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 a hard event to really uh, pin down because as much as it's about the builders and it's about the space thing that's going on and uh, it's also just as much about Thanos and what he's doing to Earth or wants to do to Earth and it's clear now where in humanity is kind of going um, but it now just feels like this inexorable kind of march towards it and it's quite interesting uh, and the cast of characters in this is getting pretty massive. Uh, because there's just so many characters involved in so many different avenues and and this this is, is I was talking about I don't know if I said this on a podcast it might be on the next episode which I've already recorded but with Paul Scores but I was talking about how uh, in some ways and again this might not actually be in the episode it might have been an offline conversation but um, one thing we I mentioned was that in some ways Infinity feels like a more accurate depiction of an actual war uh, interstellar war than Annihilation was because with Annihilation as much as it was definitely a war and there was it was a really awesomely told war it, it was a super powered war at the same time you had like a you know the nova Corps and you had like all these different characters that were obviously not just the rank and file whereas here it feels more rank and file and even when you do have superhumans they're not tipping the scales in a big way because of the immense power that the builders have um it's an interesting war to see fought um the artworks by jerome opinia and dustin weaver so it's interesting how they have different kind of creative teams working on the art throughout uh jonathan hickman writing writing the crap out of this uh immensely entertaining I'm, I'm gonna say immensely entertaining a lot but um the whole idea here is to kind of show that this is not what you expect it to be this is a very dangerous war and people will will submit people will give up and uh it's interesting to see who kind of gives in and who has to give in and uh how the avengers try to fight this war um also you have things going on on Earth, 
uh, as well. So you have this interstellar stuff, you have the star brand uh, kind of being used, and that part's pretty awesome. And then back on Earth, you have, you know, what what happens? You have a, a glimpse of other books that, like, I'm not. I haven't read Mighty Avengers number one. I haven't read the Thunderbolts tie-ins. You have a brief glimpse that they're somehow involved. Um, you're seeing more of, you know, what's gonna what's happening with Thanos as Thanos goes to Adalan, which is really badass. Um, and you know, everyone kind of retreats from Adalan, and you know, Thanos has this great moment where he looks at uh, uh, at Black Bolt and says, "What say you, little king?" And uh, he just screams out, you know, a response, and which is no. Uh, it's or sorry, was it no? Yeah, it was no. Uh, it was really badass, and it, it looks like it explodes Adelan, uh, just destroys it. Um, I cannot wait to see where they go from this. Uh, it's extremely thrilling. Um, they have solicited a, a hardcover collection of this to come and. As much as like I'm enjoying it singly, I cannot wait to have a giant hardcover collection, and it's going to collect Infinity, the core series, as well as all the Avengers, New Avengers chapters. Because really, they're not tie-ins; they're chapters. They're pretty integral. Like they really flesh things out. They're not just their typical tie-in. Thunderbolts is a tie-in. Mighty Avengers is a tie-in. The other books, like Avengers Nunk and New Avengers, they're written by the guy who wrote the damn event. They are they are most important. They are not just tie-ins. They are chapters of this event. Um, extremely good. Speaking of Jonathan Hickman, so that was a nine out of ten. Just exquisite, fantastic stuff. You have New Avengers ten, um, also by Jonathan Hickman, and it's just oh my god, uh, Mike Diodato is really like a great artist, and everyone already knows this, but he's even better on this book. You have the Illuminati kind of um, coming together, and Black Bolt's talking to them, and he's telling them, you know, that. He's coming. Thanos is coming, looking for his son, and that he's a you know a human spawn basically, and uh, he's trying to tell them you know how, where to find the son, and he's kind of saying like I'm not, I I can't come with you at this point. Um, the artwork's fantastic, first of all, and also seeing Maximus and his brother team up is unsettling because we know that Maximus is freaking insane, um, and uh, yeah, it's. This is just really interesting, and, and seeing how they're messing. Uh, one of uh, Thanos's emissaries is messing with Doctor Strange is really disturbing as well. Uh, also, we get to see Thanos being a badass and killing one of his own lieutenants. Um, this is just really, really good. The as I said, the art is fantastic. You have uh, Namor kind of admitting that you know Atlantis has basically been destroyed. Um, you have again all the all the Illuminati kind of splitting up to try and find this son. And um, I like the idea that, you know, Doctor Strange is not the man he thinks he is right now. He is under the thrall of one of uh, Thanos' thralls. And uh, even though he's able to find who they're looking for, it ends up not mattering. That being said, we also have an incursion happening at the same time. I'm Man, this, is just, this book manages to mix everything and make it work. And, uh, and every issue is really fascinating because... It just feels so big. The scope feels massive. Jonathan Hickman does not write books that feel localized. Uh, sometimes this is people's sometimes complaints about Brian Michael Bendis' events is that although they might start off with lofty expectations, they suddenly, like, Secret Invasion had huge ramifications. When it actually came time for the actual story, a lot of it was very localized, quick skirmishes, and they didn't actually have the epic scope that you thought the event would have at the beginning. Um, that is not in any way the case with Hickman's writing. He reaches for the stars, and um, 
and he really tries to expand the story and make it as big and as epic and as uh, large in scope as possible, and he succeeds. It's extremely interesting to see how he makes all of it work together. He's got so many other different plot lines. He's got the builders. He's got incursions. He's got the hunt for uh, you know uh, Thanos' son. All these different things are going on, and yet none of them really feel like they're crowding anything else out. Like You get just enough to make you excited and go on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and each element has its, is, has its own sense of gravitas and its own importance. Um, I mean, it, it's immensely entertaining. Again, there's that word again, immense. Um, it's just, I'm really loving his work. And for that's like the third straight book and giving a 9 out of 10. I cannot help myself. Um, my fourth book, and I'm only talking about five books, so as I said, this is like my the shortest podcast I've ever done. I think it'll end up around 20, 20 minutes. Uh, we have Superior Spider-Man. Uh, I guess it's the part two of, I'm guessing, part th- of a three-part story um, looking with the return of uh, Spider-Man 2099 to the present. Uh, this is issue 18. It's by Dan Slott with artwork by... Uh, Ryan Stegman. Ryan Stegman has um, really elevated his game. It's so good. His artwork is so sharp and uh, it's so action-packed and uh, oh, it's just it looks so good. And so this issue brings a lot of things to a head because you have Doc Ock dealing with all the Peter Parker always strained against having everything going on at once in his life, like. But he was trying to push himself, spread himself too thin. Doc Ock is the opposite. When things kind of um, push comes to shove, he kind of neglects a lot of responsibilities and becomes very single-minded and isn't able to spread himself at all because that's just not what he's doing. It's not what he's focused on. So there's a lot of different plot elements here. You have uh, the Stone character realizing that he's he's dealing with a time traveler in, in Spider-Man 2099 and that there's a reason why he can't be... Uh, Basically, he, he can't, uh, Spider-Man can't let him die or anything. You have uh, Grady going and watch, being able to take you know examinations of the past to prove that Stone is a, is a horrible person and a, and a traitor and a, and a saboteur. You have Peter Parker, really like not Peter Parker, but the Peter Parker persona is really being is really kind of being a dick to Max Modell because he's got other things on his mind. He thinks uh, he's hunting for a goblin. And then he ends up finding like another a hobgoblin, um, although it's really the green goblin supposedly in disguise. Um, there is just so much going on, and the Miguel O'Hara stuff is obviously the most interesting, uh, as well as obviously seeing Otto's life fall apart. Otto's you know not even talking to uh, uh, Mary Jane. Um, something really bad is going to happen in um, you know in at Horizon Labs. Uh, really cannot wait to see what happens next. Um, I like the idea that they're tying in this Allen Chemical Company to Alchemax. The only thing that doesn't make sense there is where the hell did this company come from? Uh, Liz Allen did have years running a chemical company uh, in Osborne Chemical, uh, or whatever you want to call Osborne, Osborne Industries, uh, back when uh, Harry and Norman were dead. Uh, but how does she now have her own you know, chemical company? It's a little suspect, but it's also a cool little thing for Dan Slott to try and come up with an interesting reason for Alchemax uh, to see where what it spawned from. Um, I, the artwork alone is worth a nine. The story is very good. Um, I cannot wait to see what happens in the last chapter. And the last issue, and if you're wondering if I'm going to give all nines this week, you'd be incorrect. Uh, it's Uncanny Axman number 12, which I'm giving a 7.5 out of 10. Um... It's probably the weakest chapter so far of Battle of the Atom. This is part four. 
Um, mainly because the other issue just felt like there was a little bit more going on. And I think in general, this is, again, this is a very kind of small-feeling event. It feels like most X-Men crossovers the last, what, five or six years, they felt really big. Like, there was so much going on. There was a, there was a sense of urgency to it. Like, you read Messiah Complex, it's exciting. Uh, there's a lot of different characters, and you're not really sure what's going on. Uh, here, it just feels like they introduced some quick some elements quickly. Um, they introduced the idea that the future X-Men are coming back in time to make sure that the, the past X-Men go back to the past. Uh, and then they kind of don't really do anything else from there. There's no real major threat. There's just all these different teams kind of falling over each other. So here, Scott Summers and Jean Grey go to the current Uncanny X-Men, led by the adult Scott Summers, for help, basically, um, to figure out what to do next. And then you also have... You know, all the other X, X-Men are trying to find them. Um, there's, you know, there's a, a traitor. Uh, Angel just wants to go home so bad. Uh, you know, you're, you're setting up for some showdowns, but we're not quite seeing enough. Um, and the last page, too, Emma looks extra skanky, and not even, like, a, in a regular skanky way. It's just her uniform is looking dumber and dumber. Um, anyways, and... It, it also feels like it's very, what's the word, that this issue gets a little uh, too meta. I mean, at the very end, it's like, you know, Black Queen versus White Queen, the message words would love this. I'm like, really? Like, that feels very uh, too cool for school. Um, this is probably my least favorite chapter of the event thus far. Uh, that's why I'm giving it a, you know, I'm going to downgrade that to a 7. Uh, Bachelor did the artwork. It's written by Bendis. It's not Bachelor's best artwork, and I think it's because he's trying to instead of just being allowed to kind of do his own thing and do what he wants in his own sandbox, telling his own story, he's conforming or having to conform to what the other artists are doing in the Battle of Adam storyline. So I gave it a seven out of ten. So unfortunately, I'm only talking about five books this week. I hope to talk about more next week, but I really don't know if that's going to be possible, as I'll be at. Um, I'll be going to a comic show, or sorry, a toy show, with Paul Scorez on the Sunday. I'm trying to sell comics and some of my wares and stuff like that, just because as I, you know, start moving more and more to trade, or trying to get, there's some stuff I'll always keep. I'll probably always keep my Amazing Spider-Mans. I've thought over the years about selling them or trying to sell giant runs of them. I like having Amazing Spider-Man ever since I started buying it consistently back in, I think, 96 or 97. I think it was late 96. It was right after, like, really the month after Revelations ended the Clone Saga. And I remember, I think I got an issue for my birthday, and then every issue after that I bought. And I continue that with Superior Spider-Man. And that'll probably be, if I had to drop every single book, I would at least keep Spider-Man. That'd be probably the last book. Um, That and Manhattan Projects, because I love it, and I've been there since issue one. Anyways, my son's starting to fuss a little, so I'm going to have to cut this short. Um, uh, I do apologize that this episode isn't longer, but hopefully next time it will be uh, a little bit more in-depth, or at least I'll have more issues to talk about. Uh, If you have any questions or any emails for the show, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, or you can post in our threads on on HC Realms. I also post episode links on the the comicforums.com, which is the Comic Geek Speak Forum um, under the heading like other podcasts. Just trying to get the word out about this podcast, try to build the audience a little. Um, and yeah, our next episode will be episode 106, coming out, I believe, on Thursday, the 26th of September. And that'll be an episode that I'm doing with Paul Scorias, which is a, just a basic comic talk episode. Um, 
originally started out being an episode that I thought would be maybe, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, ended up stretching to about two hours. So it's a good episode, at least I think so. Uh, I think it's enjoyable. Um, and as for future episodes, uh, the episode, non-reviews episodes, not really sure how often we're going to be able to do those, what we're going to be talking about during those episodes, um, but I will try and keep people apprised going forward. Obviously, now that I um, have this very small child, uh, has a very a lot of needs, and I don't have the amount of time I used to have to do podcasts, so uh, obviously the podcast itself is going through a transitional period um, where there is really no necessarily set schedule. I would like to stick to uh, at least reviews episodes for some sort of consistency, but that's not always possible, unfortunately. Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode of Comic Shenanigans. As I said at the beginning, this was episode 105, the comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, September the 18th episode. Um, so looking ahead to books that are coming out tomorrow, um, uh, and that would be September the 25th, um, there is a lot of books. So let's just do a quick rundown or say books I'm most excited for coming up. Um, Let's see, I am, what am I excited about that's coming out this week? I know, Zach. I'm almost done the podcast, I promise. Um, things that are coming out this coming week. We have the last week of the Villains Month, which is nice because I'm interested to see a lot of the storylines kind of start continuing again because we've had a lot of, you know, the storylines are just kind of stopped and we're seeing the villains, and that's fine, but I'd like to get back to actually having some proper stories. Uh, trade-wise, the Justice League... The Villain's Journey, the second trade paperback, is coming out for the New 52 version of the team. Uh, the Shazam storyline is uh, going into hardcover. Um, I'm probably going to wait for the softcover trade of that one, though. Just to own that. Um, over at IDW, I don't really, really read a lot of stuff from them, but they do have, uh, I guess, the Powerpuff Girls box set, as well as um, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic number 11. Or at Image Comics, Saga number uh, 14 comes out. I, I, I don't think it's been that long since the last issue came out, but it does feel like sometimes like it's it's not coming out as often as you'd like it to. Also, East of West number 6 is coming out, which I believe is just a week or two before the trade of the first six issues. Uh, so for those who want to kind of jump into that book, um, maybe wait till next month, or the next issue, I mean, for issue 7, uh, once the trade has already come out, buy the trade, then buy the singles. Um... For the Marvel side of things, there's Infinity Heist number one, which I don't think I'm going to end up reading. But I, to be honest, don't even know, really know what that one's about, so maybe I will read that one. Uh, you have uh, Nova number eight. I'm enjoying that book, so I'll probably read that. I'll try and read that. You have a new new printing of the Shield Nick Fury versus Shield uh, trade paperback. You've got a new issue of Scarlet Spider coming out. I'm excited about that. New issue of Superior Spider-Man Team Up number three. Um, after, appropriately enough because of his recent appearances in Superior Spider-Man you have the Spider-Man 2099 trade on the hot on the heels I think last year of a, a reissue of the first trade that came out also uh, sorry in the background my cats are uh, using a litter box and so it's a little noisy in the background uh, I'm excited about the young Marvel trade paperback Little X-Men Little Avengers Big Trouble um, it has the Avengers Little Avengers versus Little X-Men uh, sorry, X babies versus A babies. Sorry, uh, that on uh, one shot. But for me, the real draw of that trade is that it has all the, at least up until now, Scotty Young covers for Marvel. Now uh, he has done an amazing job with all of his covers. They're so adorable. A lot of them I would love to have like blown up versions, put them on my wall. They're that, they're gorgeous, but really great pieces of artwork, and they're really cute too. 
Uh, that's coming out. Uh, also, there's a new issue of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, as well as new issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Assemble, and Avengers. So at least you'll get your Hickman, um, your Hickman dose for that week. Anyways, that is our episode. Thanks again for joining me. I've been, I'm Adam Chapman, your host, and I will see you next time. Again, our next episode is coming out on the 26th of September, and it's the Comic Talk episode with Paul Scores and myself. Thank you for joining us, and um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.